Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Tennis and Bagels. My name is Andre Rollenberg, and uh, we are very close to the end of the Australian Open. Um, and it's it's been alright. It's been really fun to see the matches, see the, the how how players came out on court, and like it, it seems like this um, Australian Open, lots of different uh, players believed more. Especially in the women's side, I would say. But, um, yeah, like, New Gen is coming out very strong right now. Um, um, what's his, his name? Oh, my goodness. Um, Alex Verev. Alex Verev. I could only remember his last name. Zverev is now back in, now in the finals. Not back in the finals. Wait, he's in the semifinals still. As, as For the moment, as I'm recording this, Zverev is in the semifinals against Dominic Team. Um... His first semifinals, first breakthrough, beat Vrinka in this and the and the in the quarterfinals. Boy, my memory is lacking right now. Um, so yeah, like just starting it off, like well, it's it's kind of hard to do a podcast about tennis just once a week because a lot of things happen and uh, yeah, I I could I could talk about many things. But it's just impossible because there's way too many matches going on, too many things happening. Especially in the first week, I guess the second week is a little bit less, like there's less matches that happen. But it's it's still it's still right. Um, so it's still lots of content. So yeah, I'll just focus on what I think or are my highlights, which basically what is this is supposed to really be doing in this podcast, really in the first place. But anyhow, anyhow uh, one thing that I I believe I forgot to talk about in the first one, I should check. But it's that um, the app sucks. Like the Australian Open app is really bad. I don't know if it's. I have an Android A50, uh, Samsung A50, running Android nine, and I have a an iPad Mini second generation. But the app doesn't work properly in any of them. I don't know if it's because my phone is not like a flagship phone, which is kind of really stupid because. Too many people don't have the flagship flagship phone, so it's 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 just dumb to not have an app that works properly in them. And I will can, I can give it that it doesn't work very well on my iPad because it's old, so it's not really their obligation obligation to keep track and uh, keep updating um, to make them optimized for older versions of iOS. Anyways, so but at the same time, it's just like. The app is buggy. It's doesn't it doesn't work properly. I try to get to matches and it takes forever to just 
change and sometimes it doesn't even register the tap like immediately so it's it's a really bummer that the app looks good it looks good and the idea is there it looks finished but it's not optimized it doesn't it, it doesn't do its basic function which is be functional <laughs> like it doesn't matter if it's pretty like i don't care if it's pretty i care that it works uh, i care that i can have a good experience with it and it's just not what i'm getting right now it's just really terrible and i just remember that i again forgot to uh, set up a no way come on <sighs> hold on okay no um yeah i'm having struggles with my uh my phone right now I just want to set up a timer, which I forgot again. It's probably been about 10 minutes. Not, no, oh my goodness. It's probably been about like two, three minutes that I've stopped, that I've started uh, talking. So yeah, I have a timer now and just so I can keep track and don't talk for like a year. Um, anyway, the app is it's terrible. <laughs> I really hate it. There was one time that I was trying to get to uh, the schedule and none of the buttons would work. I, I tried tapping everywhere and nothing worked. I couldn't even scroll the page down was just frozen um, and all of a sudden every single tab that I've done registered at the same time so it was just it's, it was just ridiculous a terrible experience that I'm having with this app so far I'm, I'm been, I've been following the Australian open through it because it, it's, it's still kind of the best way that you can do it I could try to follow it through Google but I don't know just the app just gives me more and I'm, it's just frustrating that it doesn't work properly also please fix the video uh, section, which I cannot put it in um, full screen, so I have to t watch it in a very tiny. Um, it's in portrait mode, but it's kind of like fits so that it's like um, landscape on a portrait mode, so it becomes like a very tiny video. It's, it is not good. I'm not having the best time of my life with this with this app at all. And yeah, so. Customer first, <laughs> it, this is not what is happening right now. And I am a customer and I am very much a customer because I am not um, a journalist. I'm not there, I'm not watching. I'm, I don't get to watch the matches as journalists do um, because that's their job and that's not my job. So um, yeah, I've talked a little bit about the um, semi-finalists for, uh, and, and the draws and um, the only thing that is actually kind of missing is, well, nothing is really missing, but I just kind of want to go in depth about it. It's uh, the draws, because uh, that's the next thing on my list is talk about the draws. Uh, so yeah, men's draw and women's draw was were not similar, but very, very, very similar things happened in them was um, the fact that it was just a lot happening people losing that we don't we didn't really believe that they were going to lose people winning when they, when they didn't believe that they were going to win like tennis Sandgren and um tang wong from china beating serena williams was next uh, the next topic of my list by the way but yeah back into this is this the last people remaining which is one semi-final between zverev and team the final between uh muguruza and kenan and um Novak Djokovic just made it through the final as I figured as I not figured but I, I checked out I checked it today this morning as I woke up 
And anyway, I'm on um, EST. Uh, I am very far from Melbourne. I'm in Montreal, Canada. And the matches happen at 3 a.m. Like, if I'm, if I'm to watch a night, uh, nighttime match, a night session match, it's at 3 a.m. for me. And I watched a little bit of a... I watched actually the entire match between Vardy and Kennan yesterday um, at night. And I did set up an alarm clock for 3.30 so that I could try to see if I was going to watch Roger Federer against Novak Djokovic or not. But I I knew I wasn't going to. And lo and behold, as when I woke up and I saw the time and I, I thought about it and I just forgot about it because I was like, I, I just need to sleep. It's not going to happen for me. Uh, and it's something that has always like frustrated me a bit because I really kind of want to watch all of the matches, but it's just not a thing that I, that I can do. It's not it's not feasible. Like there's the hashtag sleeps for the sleeps for the week, and I am sorry, but I am weak. <laughs> I have to wake up the next day and do things like this podcast. <laughs> um, or just kind of like see the sun because like otherwise I'll be just kind of trading day for night and and I do not want that at all but yeah what was I anyway uh so the way Djokovic got there I just read a comment on uh, YouTube uh just now on a highlights video from uh his la- his match against brother and the guy commented all in bold um when you think about the fact that Djokovic just um the only person that took a set off of Djokovic was Struff in the first round and yeah this is the form that Djokovic is in right now he's hasn't he hasn't dropped a set all the way to here and that's 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 promising to be an intense final for whoever makes it there and I just hope it's going to be a good final this is this is essentially the mindset that I've been through been into lately I just I want to watch good tennis, like as much as I really want Djokovic to win and I want him to be the best tennis player of all time because he's my favorite. I've been following him since, since since 2007, but there's the fact that I still just kind of want to watch tennis. I want to watch good tennis and um, I don't know if Zverev can take on Djokovic. I think if Zverev makes it to the final, it's going to be, he's going to be brutalized. Djokovic is going to is going to destroy him. It's not going to be a fun match to watch. Unless you're just a fan of like top players like giving clinics. And this is like one of the things. I feel like team has more experience. He has been to a Grand Slam final before, which is lost to Nadal and Roland Garros. I don't remember when. I think it was like maybe last year. And I believe team has actually made two finals. But I don't know. Um, uh yeah, I think I would root for Team to go to the final because I think he has a better chance of giving us a better tennis. Um, Zverev has displayed very good um, mentality. Uh, and is it's great for me as a spectator. It's great for me as a person who just wants to watch tennis at the end of the day. like <clears throat> Because he was such a big promise like uh, one to two years ago make big progress to make uh to be a challenge in the grand slams but he just wasn't he just couldn't make himself play good tennis he he displayed a lot of fighting spirit 
making it to the quarterfinals, I guess, twice. But so many times he was like dropping to dropping two set leads, like two two sets to one leads, two sets to love leads, and just going into like those marathon matches of five sets for no reason. And he didn't have to most of the time. And that was actually one of the comments from a, a podcast I was watching, I believe. I don't know if it was a podcast. It was probably the tennis podcast, I think. So that he just... He would just like get into those marathon matches for no reason because he could have be- could have be- beaten his opponents um, more easily. He could have beaten them faster. He could have taken more opportunities. And that's what I liked about the match that he played against Favrinka is that he showed resilience. He showed a belief that he could win. But not only that, he showed that he could that he was. He showed a winning attitude. Not a fighting attitude, if that makes sense. Like, you show a fighting attitude when you need to fight. He didn't need to fight. If he puts himself, like, in just a position where he just needs to fight, it's not necessarily a winning attitude. A winning attitude is kind of like when Federer comes into the court and he kind of essentially sees himself as the winner before the match even starts. That's kind of like what I believe Zverev did this time, which is great. I like that a lot. Nujan, he's just 22, which is mesmerizing because he's already won so much um and i i think there's a big possibility that he could make more finals this year still and i'm looking forward to it like honestly but not this time i don't think uh i don't think there should go to the final because i think team is going to be a much better player in the final than he will be but I may be wrong, and I wish I'm, and I, I really want to be wrong if he makes the final. And I kind of want to be wrong because he's younger too, and I feel like the, um, I don't know, I feel like he needs to be an example for the younger generation that something is there for the for them in the Grand Slams. And yeah, in that regard, I kind of also wish Djokovic would lose this final just because of that reason. But I don't know, I just. I kind of will think I'll close my eyes and just wait for whatever happens in this final. And I probably won't watch it because it's going to be at 3 a.m. again. Um, the women's draw. The women's tennis is getting very interesting because it's been so dominated by Williams and in the past. And I think I said it before, like I feel like only I felt like only Azarenka could actually take on Williams um, before. And she wasn't there all the time. So players just kind of had this mentality where just kind of, oh, yeah, Williams is the best. So, like, ooh, if I lose, I'm, I'm losing to somebody really good. So, like, that's, that's not what I want them to think. That's not what anybody wants them to think because respect is there. We can respect people while beating them, but it's not the point. So I loved that um, Wong beat Williams. And it's been told many times already she lost to Williams herself. Um, six one six love six love six one a bagel ha um, in the U.S. Open last year, and to come out and beat her and th- beat her in three sets, that's that's a message. It's it's the thing that says uh, we we're not scared anymore. Like we're not afraid of Williams's power. We are tennis. We are professional tennis players who are just as capable of winning things as she is, and that's the mentality that I really want to see. Um, and uh, that, that's why it's it's really exciting to see Ash Barty as number one 
because she um, and that's the winner of the WCA finals because she is 22 years old. She has a lot of things in store for her in the future if she can keep up with the, the pressure because she, she left tennis for a bit because of that. Um, and I don't know, I just hope she can win more slams and can be very competitive. And um, yeah, and I like Kinnan. I like, I like her attitude. She really believed that she was going to win and she did. I could check a little bit more um, where, what was her draw? I don't really know who actually she beat because I can't, I can't really follow much. I, it's, it's just very hard. I keep saying that. I don't know why, but it's like, it is very hard to follow things and know every single detail. So I'm, let me just, now that I'm here and I have a phone right on me, why not just go to this terrible app and uh, see Kenan's, Kenan's path to the final of the Australian Open 2020, almost had 2018. And let's go. Draws. Women single. Uh, I wish I could have a PDF, that would be great. She should be more towards the bottom here. Maybe if I just, let's try this. Can it, what? Oh, okay, wait a minute. Can it, Sophia Kenan. Uh, matches. Oh, that's good. That's great. Oh, so the app is actually working now. What a big surprise. I have no idea. Uh, beat a qualifier in the first round. A qualifier in the second round. What? Okay, so there's another bug of the app. So it's first round, second round, semifinals. Lame. She beat, has she even dropped a set? She dropped a set to Coco Golf. Oh yeah, that's, it's really true actually. Um, she did go on to beat um, Coco Golf in three sets, very emphatically six, three, six love. So that's, that's really cool. Like this is two, um, two women in the same kind of generation. Coco Golf is still 15 years old but she shows so much potential and let's hope that she keeps that going for her. But yeah, she, she had to beat two qualifiers. Coco golf is the, the biggest like giant killer. Anjabar also a giant killer, but the only seeded player that she actually beat was Ash Barty, world number one. So that's pretty big seed to beat. Um, the match was not good. <laughs> I um, was watching it and the comment with the commentators is just it was just not a good match in it for the first set in a bit it was so slow it, it just kind of like they were just kind of hitting shots and not not explosive they're not really moving um, so it was it, it felt like drawing back to like tennis and like 10 years ago 
was very weird. Like a lot of moon balls, very like very many defensive lobs. But it, it definitely started picking up after. And that was the tennis that I wanted to see. Because it was very fast. It was they were moving fast, they were hitting hard, they were taking the, the ball early, they were making shooting winners from like all the angles. Um and uh this is the kind of this is the kind of tennis that Kenan Kenan will have to play against Mugurusa in the final to make it fun to watch and to have a chance to win. Because Mugurusa has always been a hard hitter. <clears throat> she just hit Halep, who was a very good mover and also hard hitter. She hits hard from the baseline, she dictates play. Um so yeah, this is the type of tennis that is on the rise right now. And this is the type of tennis that beats Serena Williams because it's the type of tennis, tennis that she plays. It's very mentally strong and physically strong too. So um, this final to have potential, Kinnan is to play hard, strong, physically and mentally and not how she played the semifinals. Otherwise, it risks of being kind of boring. And, I, and I, it's kind of like really sad and boring when the finals, especially on the women's side, because it's, it's like a, at least one less set, I would say, that they play most of the time. So it's a best of three instead of best of five. So when it goes like 6-3, 6-love, or like 6-1, it goes by really quack, really quack, really quick, and it's not very cool to watch, not very fun. And... Yeah, we're all about the entertainment here, right? Spectators, spectators, with the, is that how I say it? Spectators, spectators, right? Spectatorship, yeah. So, yeah, so equally for the men's, but it's like if we at least get a third set, it's at least a little bit more tennis that we get to watch. But in in anyhow, speaking of Williams. And now I'm going to talk about both Federer and Williams in my list. I have them separate, but I'll talk about them both like at the same time. They're both 38. They're both in the twilight of their careers. Federer doesn't have much to achieve except for defending his record against Nadal and Djokovic of 20 Grand Slams. Um, he can be happy that it won't be broken at least now. It won't be tied at least now in the Australian Open now that Nadal is out. Um, I don't think... I don't think Federer is going to play longer than next year, man. I feel like my predi- my prediction is that he will retire next year. I don't know where he might try- choose to do it. And my guess is, is Wimbledon or Basel. Um, because Basel is his hometown and Wimbledon is his most successful Grand Slam. So I think he will retire in Basel. But um, if unless he obviously qualifies for the finals, but if he does that, he probably will play him. But I don't think he plays much longer than that. He's he was hurt right now. He, his back has always his, has been his concern for the past couple of years. You never really know when it's gonna go down, and it's a little painful to see a champion like Federer, like just struggling to hit serve, struggling to move. And that takes a toll when he plays players like Novak Djokovic, obviously. I was so surprised when he came out and like beat Tennis Sandgren. I I was watching that match. I watched until the third set. 
Because I had to wake up early next morning. And it was already 1 a.m. when I finished. My 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 watching experience, like, the match kept going, obviously, to the fifth set. But um, Federer winning that match was... I, I believed he was going to retire. I didn't think he was going to continue, let alone win. <laughs> so I was, I was so impressed at the end when I saw he won. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe when he beat Millman. Like, I was... I was I was walking to work and I was checking the scores on my phone and it was the, the final set tiebreaker and I I hadn't realized it was a match tiebreaker. It was at, um, up to 10 points. So when Millman had like 6-5 um, and he scored 7-5, I was like, oh my gosh, Federer is out. But then the match kept going. I was like, what's, wait, wait, what's happening? And I was like, oh, it's a super tiebreak. And Federer came out from 8-5 to 10-8. to eight. He, he won five straight points in a row. Five? No, I think it was... It was six straight points in a row. It was 8-4, and he, he took it. He took that match six points in a row. I was... I couldn't believe my eyes. Like, I was just walking to work, and I was, I was pumped. I was like, oh my goodness gracious, Roger Federer. Still pulling it out. <laughs> Miraculous tennis. It, it was insane. It was really, really insane. Nothing. I won't take zero things away from Roger because he didn't face a top 40 opponent until Novak Djokovic. Those two guys, they were in, they were insane. Tennis Engren has, has a history of playing well in, the, in Australia. And uh, Jonathan Millman is a fit player. He's one of the fittest in the, in the tour and super... Aggressive when he plays well, he, he can challenge essentially anybody. So that's that's great. Uh, Williams, I said in the beginning that um, I didn't think he was she was going to win. I didn't think she was going to lose in the third round. I thought she was going to go to the fourth round. I thought she was going to make it to the fourth or quarterfinals, not past it. But the third round when one beat her. It, it shows that Williams is not ready to win Islam yet. She needs to win another title, another big title against big players to regain her confidence and regain her, her game to be able to go out there and win Islam. Um, in the meantime, having her lose to other players is a good sign that times are changing and we can get excited because Williams is 38 years old and um, the tennis needs to go. Tennis needs to move forward from, from her in the sense that like she will retire eventually and it will not take 10 years for her to retire. It will take probably two or three max. So uh, uh, we want to see good players, young players coming out because... Tennis can't lose its entertainment factor. It, we have to still have great matches. We have to still have great champions for it to work. Because otherwise it's just going to get boring without her. And we're just going to be remembering, oh, Serena Williams, this and that. Um, just to give like an idea, Steffi Graf um, retired. Uh, and Williams essentially immediately picked it up. <laughs> like it was, She started playing back in the 90s, Williams and uh, both of them. Williams, Venus, Venus and Serena and there was a lot of great tennis being played back then and that's what we want 
for the future. That's what we want for this next decade. We want great tennis players to show up and dominate the circuit to be able to win slams emphatically and many of them. We don't want like one-time winners, although this is great for them, like Stozers and uh, um, Ostapenko's, even though Ostapenko is only 21. Um, but one slam wonders are fine, but it's much better to have players who consistently come out and uh, we can expect great things from them because it's, it's, it's great because when we go to a match, it's not like, Oh, let's see what happens. You know, it's kind of like, wow, we're there for, for a treat. It's like Djokovic Federer, even though Federer was hurt, it was still a great match because we know Djokovic and Federer and going into the, um, the final, I think it's still going to be good. I hope if, as I said, if Zverev makes it, I don't think it's going to be as good. I don't think Zverev has the the guts to go to the Grand Slam final and make the most of it right now. I think team does it, does have it. So that's who I'm rooting for. But anyways, Williams and Federer losing and um, showing really the twilight of their careers, like how it's really there. Um, second spring is kind of almost over for them. It's it's good, good that it shows how new players are coming up and playing well. And yeah, this is, I essentially already touched basically all of almost all of my points that I had. Um, just to give you an idea, I had a point here. Talk about women's tour and how great Serena Williams, how it's great that Serena Williams lost in a way, obviously not. Great. I, I don't root against Williams. I respect her very much, and I kind of I want her to do something big in her career. I kind of want her to win the twenty fourth. By the way, I really do because she deserves it. I feel like she's a great player, and having that will only establish her as the greatest tennis player of all time, possibly men and men or women. And I think she needs it. I feel like she's better than Margaret Court. And I think the times are different. And if she could do it right now, this number would complete, be completely meaningless um, at, the, at that point. Like, if it's 24 to 23, we could all be, always be like, oh, yeah, but no, it's like Margaret Court has 24. So she so Williams cannot be the greatest of all time. Yeah, BS. Um, but anyways, it's good because, as I, said, like, as I said, in a way, because it is giving a lot of place for new players and shows that they're hitting hard and they're not afraid and et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of like what it was. And I finished with, that's cool. <laughs> um, Muguruza, I talked to her about a little bit about her. Yeah, she, uh, like Halep, won Roland Garros and Wimbledon. They're both looking for hardcore, uh, hardcore wins in the Grand Slam. Um, they were, now the Halep is out, uh, Muguruza is going to have a chance, no Halep. But the thing is, um, I like to see her back because she was great uh, when she was winning. She was great when she was number one. She showed a lot of potential. I don't know how old is she. I should check it out. But, but, uh, uh, hold up. Yeah, it's good that she's back because she's even um, she's an unseated player now, and uh, it's it's sad when like you see players playing like well for a year and then like just drop so so far down. It says here she's the uh, world number 30, 32, but she probably wasn't before 
and turn the Australian Open because she's not a seeded player. Um, but yeah, she's former world number one. Um, she's playing great. She hits hard. She moves well. She hit, she serves well, which is extremely important, as we've been saying in the beginning of this year. Um, and, and I picked up from the other podcasters as well. Um, that um, hold on. They're saving, serving lots of aces now. Uh, new players are coming in and establishing their service, their services as something important. Their service games are important, and you you have to 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 hold. That's essentially how you how you win. And uh, one very good, very important point of a Kinnan Barty match was uh, the first set. There were no breaks. Uh, and Barty never faced the break point. Even though it was a terrible set of tennis, this shows that they're taking care of their of their serves, they're holding, which is awesome. And really sad that Barty couldn't take four set points, two in the first, two in the second. But yeah, what you're going to do, right? Probably the pressure of being a home slam. Muguruza. I forget, I wanted to see how old was she, and I didn't. I checked her... Uh, She's 26. She's um, a veteran at this point, um, even though she's younger than me. I thought she was older, by the way. I thought she was like 27. But anyway, um, she isn't. She did... Who did she beat? Um, let's take a look at her, her way. She took down... A lot of seeded players on the way. She took down... Halep is only seeded four. I thought she was seeded two. Oh, that was Pliskova. Well, too bad Pliskova already lost, right? But yeah, that's the whole the whole thing that people have been talking about her. It's like she can't. She wins big, plays well in the other tournaments, comes to Grand Slam, loses in the second round to like whoever comes in. Like so, yeah, it, it's something that it's unexplainable. Um, so she beats Vitalina, Halep, and Burton. So like three top tens, or, or at least. Three um, three players seated in the top ten, and she also beat Pavlyuchenkova, who has been on a killing spree in the in the Australian Open. Has been beating lots of uh, big players too. Yeah, and she beat Zvitolina emphatically. Six one six two. She beat Halep in two sets as well. Tough sets, but two sets nonetheless. She only dropped a set to Shelby Rogers in the first round. It was, <laughs> it was a bagel, <laughs> and then she got on to serve six one breadsticks, yay, and six love. Uh, finished with the bagel. So yeah, the first set of Muguruza in this Australian Open, she didn't win a game, <laughs> and then she hasn't dropped a set since. Nope, I lied. She did drop another set to um, Ayla Tomilianovic. It was a good match. She played, Tomilianovic played well. Murgruza deserved that win very much. Um, in any case, the app is now working. And I, this is kind of to my wall because I just crapped on it a lot. It's like it was really bad. And I, I don't believe it's going to work properly all the way until the end. I think it's going to bug on me again. And yeah, this is Muguruza. Barty, I've already talked about her. I talked about Kenan and Kenan, Kenan, and how the match was pretty much trash. Yeah, 
that was that was it and uh it's the one thing that is interesting that you want to point out is that i don't there was no player born in the 90s at least from the man's side to win a grand slam wait hold on i think the yeah, the the women's have already players born in the nineties to win slams, but not in the men's. Like the men's side has been dominated by the big three, who were all born in the eighties. Um, albeit the some very late eighties. Uh, I think Del Potro is the youngest, most the youngest player to player to win a slam was born in eighty eight, but still the eighties. So no player born in the nineties has taken the grand slams. So and. Um, this is something that needs to change for this decade. <laughs> I don't want this to change because Djokovic, Federer, and Adele retire, or because they start playing really terribly and drop down to the top, out of the top thirty. I want this to ha- I want this to happen because players are good and they can beat them while they're in. Is it the peak of their careers? I don't really know. I feel like Djokovic is kind of at the peak of his career. I don't know about Natal because he has been so many ups and downs. We never really know what's the peak of Natal's career at this point. But maybe Natal's career is a peak. <laughs> um, and a valley at the same time. It's Nadal. But anyway. But yeah, I really wish... I feel like team... And I said it many times already, but I really want team to make it to the final. And not Zverev, because I think Zverev is going to lose, pathetically, to Djokovic. I think so, because Djokovic is going to... He's not going to hes not going to be able to serve his way out of Djokovic. That's the thing. And team has developed more of a game, more aggression. He's beaten Nadal, so he's running on a lot of confidence. He's beaten Nadal, man. Like, wow. In four sets. Three tiebreakers. That's pretty intense. So yeah, I, team. Uh, when I was uh, seeing, uh, I think I was watching uh, someone was playing. When I was watching, it's it like a Hale- I think Halep was playing against uh, somebody, and uh, they showed a clip of team in the doll like coming back from practice court and just getting ready for their match. And I saw team just kind of like doing his jumps and like warming up. Um, and like in my head, the only thought that I, that I that I could come across was team thinking, this time I will beat him in a Grand Slam. And I I don't know. I just could see that he believed. I could see that he was he was ready. He was very not relaxed in, but not he wasn't relaxed, but he was intense. He was in in fighting mode. He was so focused, uh, and I, I think I could see that he. That he was mentally ready to take on Nadal. Something happened to my list. Oh, this this iPad is very old, so some things happen to it sometimes. But anyway, team did what I thought was basically impossible, I guess. Why I don't know why I said that, by the way, but uh, it it seems impossible. It almost seems like wishful thinking. That's kind of like what I meant to say. It's kind of we always go like in the, into those matches um, and watch those players go in, and, and we're like, maybe, 
maybe this time they will lose. But then it's it does sound like a lot of just wishful thinking. Not because we want them, Nadal and Federer and Djokovic to lose, but because we want people to become just as good as them, as good as they are. So, and it just, for so long, it just didn't seem possible. And now I feel like maybe we get a chance to see something great happen. If team wins the Australian Open 2020, and if if he beats Zverev, of course, he needs to beat Zverev uh, before he makes it to face Djokovic. But I think he will beat Zverev, and I hope he will beat Zverev. Mm. So if, let's let's put it this way, if either Zverev or a team win in the Australian Open, it's going to be such a great message to the younger players. And I think only good things can come after after this. And yeah. And my last point, um, as I kind of want to see the, ex- the television experience of watching tennis, involves commentators and um i i feel like they have this they have commentators i let me let me restructure my thought right here okay they have a box of commentators who is which uh, which is located um inside of a, an air conditioned um box and they can watch the match uh, but they they can they can see it through a glass but they won't be they will they can't bother the players by talking or by making any sort of noise unless it's way too loud which is not gonna happen but they have somebody in the stands with a mic commentating with them like so they're they're talking to that person and I couldn't see the point of having that point, that person sitting in the stands for two reasons. One, the only type of comment that they seemed to make that was relevant to them not being in the box was the fact that it was really hot. <laughs> so, like, we don't care. Like, we can see that we, we, we know it's hot. Like, it, they just keep showing, like, the temperatures and, like, how uh, very, um, uh, what's it called? Like, very... Oh, whatever but in 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 the in a sense that like they they might close the roof because it's so hot they might close the roof right and they turn on the ac but i don't care like the thing is what bothers me the most about them in the stand being the stands is that they don't talk they can't talk really loud because the players are very sensitive about noise and i know that because i used to play some tennis um but um what that happens is that what, what that makes is that they're whispering into the mic and it just sounds like this. It sounds like they're doing this. Like it's, it's the worst. It's definitely the worst. Uh, I can't, I can't understand it. It's like, it's borderline creepy to have somebody just kind of like whispering in your ears as you're watching your tennis match on your computer or on your phone and you're, very likely, as I do, um, watch it with earbuds. I don't like somebody whispering in my ears, man. I, I don't care who you are. I don't care what it is. You, you're commentating a tennis match. You're not supposed to be whispering in my ears. And that it didn't direct down the experience, but it was so... It it, it gives me... It, it gave me, like, very... Uh, it was a terrible feeling. Every time that he spoke into the mic, I was like, ugh, uh, 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 kind of like a cringe type of thing. But anyway, 
that's all I have to say. Um, and I found another podcast, which I... I wouldn't say that I didn't have time to come in, but it's about Canadian players and stuff. But I'll let them do their talk because their podcast is also not weekly, not daily. That's what I wanted to say. And they focus on Canada. Canada. <laughs> they focus. They focus on Canada. Canadian tennis players, Canada tennis scene and stuff. And for the last episode, they brought the CEO of Tennis Canada. And the name of this podcast is. Hold on. I don't remember. I think it's Matchpoint Podcasts. It's not what I have in rotations. It's not here. Why is it not here? Okay. It's called Matchpoint Canada. Ben Lewis and Ma Mike McIntyre. McIntyre sounds like a very Canadian name. Uh, so, yeah. Go listen to Matchpoint Canada. It's It was great and it was very informative. I love how they brought the CEO that he actually had some really good, really interesting things to talk about, which I might mention next, my next podcast next week. But that's my time for now. And I keep trying to make this not go beyond 40 minutes, but it seems like I can't. So we'll see. Let's try to, I'll try to keep it down, keep it, keep it down. I'll try to keep it below 40 minutes, below even 30 minutes for the next podcast. But that's, uh, that's all I have to say today. Um, thanks for listening and have a great week. Let's see who wins the Australian Open titles. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.